Welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Tony Flynn. And I'm Kevin Decker, kind of bemusedly, but also depressedly welcoming you to season 11. And I'm seconding that, but with even less enthusiasm than you, Kevin. This is the vestigial season, season 11, episode 3. And here's what we're really focusing on. Episode 3, the title is Getting Back to the entrails. My question for you, Kevin, is why have we strayed so far from the entrails? Well, this is a little bit confusing for me because I like to hike as much as the the nearest uh, next person, but I found out entrails are not trails at all. Well, you can leave a trail of entrails. You could leave a trail of entrails, but How did we get so far away? I don't know. We're only three episodes into season 11, but it seems like, you know, we kind of have gutted the greatness of the show, if you can excuse that term, from season 10, our self-congratulatory previous season. We're compensating for our enthusiasm over our work. We um, did not find that enthusiasm echoed among the listenership. No. There were complaints, so we became fed up with the complaints and said, if you thought we were too enthusiastic about the glory of our work, well, fine. Mm -hmm. This season, the vestigial season, season 11, we're just going to go flat. It's just going to be the white bread, the soft doughy, the nothing. After a while, we decided to get back to the entrails. Yeah, that's right. This is really the staple-stealing employee of radio, ladies and gentlemen, uh, season 11. (laughs) Getting back to the entrails. I mean, getting back kind of to the heart, or at least slightly below the heart of the matter. Yeah, the Um, long strings of intestines. Exactly. You know, a lot of people are really amazed to find out that there are a number of miles of intestines, right? We're all told this in kindergarten. That's why the word trails is there, because you can mark a trail that goes for miles. It can keep from getting lost if you oh, follow your entrails. That's why my last colonoscopy was so painful after my anesthesia wore off early. <laughs> I, I now realize In what space. happened there. Yes. Yeah. So I always thought with miles and miles of entrails being inside a person, that's a waste of organ meat. Why not just make one quick, small tube from the liver to the Get digestion over with. Don't have extra space for polyps and things to hang out. Well, also, it's an opportunity for some nutrients to be extracted. It's like being robbed by little enzymes and the blood, stealing away the nutrients. It's, It's kind of like our digestive organs are parasitical. On our bodies in many ways and on our food. On our food. It takes the food away because it's on its way out. Right. We are bandits. We're all walking thieves. We really are. We are our own parasite in many ways. (laughs) Well, let's dwell on the ontology of that for (laughs) another time. In fact, that's an episode titled, We're Our Own own Parasites. parasites. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Having discovered our true selves, having gotten back to our entrails, we know ourselves better. And we weirdly, Kevin, have a jam-packed episode for no reason. Five segments, not the usual boring three, but five. Five boring segments. Yep. And through the magic of radio, these five segments will take up the same amount of space as three normally do. <laughs> so figure it out at home. Uh, take that little stub of a it's pencil. It's too much arithmetic for <laughs> okay. us to figure out how you can wedge five segments into... <laughs> 
<laughs> Same space. I think we're done here. But first, let's talk about the series of five yes. tedious <laughs> long segments. We're going to start off with Lower Heights' most successful post-prison entrepreneur, Big Nell. And this is Big Nell's food truck slash savings and loan slash money laundering service. Big Nell <laughs> costs passersby and demands their money, preparing to launder it. Oh, and good. listen carefully to find out what Big Nell gives her customers as a receipt. And then what's next? We're going to be engaging in an experimental offering of uh, stories from the career of our own Scott Herrick, performer and writer. Scott was a bus driver for a number of years during graduate school and after, and he had a succession of... um, Pretty awful things happen. After that, we'll have a brief message from Soft Butter. This is uh, one of a set of new advertisers of uh, products uh, that um, (laughs) allows your... (laughs) Allows your butter to melt overnight on the counter. (laughs) It allows your butter to melt overnight on the counter, but listen in and buy soft butter. It helps support men in charge. And then the uh, fourth segment is a return to the stories of Scott Herrick. And this this isn't a bus story. This is one from his teenage years. It's a Christmas story. Uh, It's a Christmas story, which is why we have it on at this time of year. Yeah. A Christmas story about what he found in his stocking instead of an orange. And Listen and then shed a little tear for Scott. Yeah, or scream. And then we're going to finish up today's episode with the sixth chapter in the saga of the RV rapture. Fred and Margaret have been uh, captured by God and contracted by Satan to do the work of cosmic rehabilitation of the RV lifestyle. And things go wrong, especially for Fred, who does all the work, and Margaret complains. But she knows what she wants, and Fred knows how to put up with it. Listener, how many times has this happened to you? Your boss has been pilfering from the office's petty cash again, and she wants you to deposit said cash in her secret account in the Bahamas. But it's cash, and you live in Lower Heights. And since your lunch hour is only 15 minutes long, you have to move fast. What to do? What to do? Well, you need Big Nell's Savings and Loan Food Truck. Big Nell, Lower Heights Correctional Facility's most accomplished work release inmate, parks her rolling, quasi-legal financial institution on discreet corners and alleys downtown. This is the place which varies to go when you need money to disappear fast down the laundering chute. Let's listen to a recent exchange. Uh, this is a taco truck, right? Well, I'd like to order three pork tacos with extra green sauce. Beat it, chump. This isn't a food truck. It's Big Nell's Savings and Loan. Can't you read the small gray lettering painted under the mud on the bumper? Uh, no, I can't. Uh, sorry for interrupting your, uh, scowling, I guess. Wait, I didn't say you could leave. I thought beat it, chump, was my cue to be on my way. That was just a harsh figure of speech. How much cash do you have in your wallet? Oh, I don't know, 13 bucks or so. You should deposit it here, right away. What? Why? To invest. Keep that money safe. You know, from muggers or from your kids. Hand it over. 
Well, okay, I, I guess. I like to support local businesses. Uh, what about a receipt? Here, take this Big Nell Savings and Loan Beer Cozy. Bring it next time you want to make a deposit or apply for a loan. Just be sure to keep it clean and unscratched. See you around. Wait, 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 where are you going? When, when did he do that? Okay, that wasn't a great example. Let's say instead you're just some random person from out of town and you want to cash a forged check. So, Big Nell, who wants to know? Your post office likeness is a very good one. You have a good eye. I, on the other hand, have only one because of the eye patch. That, too, was a giveaway. But the compliments are just a warm-up. My real question is this. Can I cash a forged check here at Big Nell's Savings and Loan Truck? That depends on the quality of the forgery and who you're pretending to be. It's for $12,000, and you can call me Jared Kushner. Hmm, I'm not sure Jared Kushner can write his own name. I'm taking a big risk here. I'll give you 10 cents on the so-called dollar. Come on, Big Nell, you can do better than that. Since Kushner can't write his own name, no one can claim this is a forgery because they got nothing to compare it to. Twelve cents on the dollar. Look, Bob, I gotta go. Here's two hundred bucks. You can have the rest. Six ninety-nine ninety-five minus my fee handling fees. The next time I'm in the area. And here's your receipt. Catch. A big Nell savings and loan beer cozy? I'll get you for this big Nell. Well, that's embarrassing. So, listeners, how about this exchange as a final example of Big Nell Savings and Loan curbside financial services? Let's say it's lunchtime and you're hungry for a taco from one of Lower Heights' many food trucks. Uh, excuse me. Could I have a falafel with extra lamb chunks and tahini? This ain't a food truck, lady. See where it says Big Nell's Savings Alone on the side? Uh, no, but this looks like a food truck, and it is lunchtime, so... Well, it isn't a food truck. But there is one down the block, and you're right about it being lunchtime. So how's about you bring me back a large pork taco with extra red and green sauce? But... Hurry along now. Okay, but... Well, you sure took your time. It was eight ninety-five. Did you pay for it out of a ten? Yes. Then keep the change. Thanks. Hey, wait a minute. That was my money. On second thought, give me the change. I gotta take off. Oh, jeez. Here, take one of these. What's this? A beer cozy? That's no good. I don't drink beer. So, listener, when you get tired of paper receipts, drop by Big Nell's Savings and Loan. It's not a food truck. Make a deposit and get a free Big Nell's Beer Cozy instead. And don't lose it. I'm warning you. Now 
it's time for Scott Herrick Tells a Story. Well, probably my least favorite bus memory is the one where uh, I was assigned to drive and pick up some kids at a south end of Seattle school that had a reputation for being a little bit uh, edgy. And uh, <laughs> so the first day of school, the buses are numbered and the kids always know what number they're looking for. So I'm looking for my kids and, uh, and the kids are like grades six through eight, I think, 13, 14 years old. They get on and then this enormous kid gets on. He's like six two and he's, he looks like a man. I mean, he's a large male with a deep voice. And I said, excuse me, are you sure this is the right bus? And he said something to the effect of, yeah, yeah, this is my bus, man. And so I said, okay. So he got on. And uh, since the bus in front of me isn't moving, and so we can't go until the guy in front of you pulls out. So I'm sitting there with these guys. And uh, this kid is starting to give, what's the radio word for guff to, to some fellow students that are much younger and smaller than he is. And I basically intervened and I said, uh, excuse me, uh, can you sit down? We're about ready to go. And he said something to the effect of, are you talking to me? And I said, yeah, I'm asking you to sit down, please. And he stood up and he was, ta he was taller than I was by a foot. And this is middle school. And I start getting assertive and he starts being assertive back. And I finally say, I'm, I'm going to ask you to step off the bus. And he goes, well, why don't you get off the bus? And I said, uh, well, I, I, I must have like gotten in his face to the point where he turned around and shoved me down the steps of the, the three steps that go from the, you know, the bus to the street. And then he shut the door behind me. I'm on the street now and he's on the bus. And I'm thinking, whoa, what just happened? I've been locked out of my own bus and there are other kids on the bus and this guy is, is doing what he's doing. So that's all the time we have now for Scott Herrick Tells a Story. You're listening to Men in Charge. And now, this message from our sponsor. Men in Charge is brought to you today by Soft Butter Technologies. Listener, how many times has this happened to you? You're making a sandwich, but the butter is so hard you shred the bread in two seconds. Furious, you throw the bread, butter, and various processed meats into the trash and then console yourself with another bourbon. Eventually, your neighbors call the police. Come on, listener, that's no way to live. Why not try soft butter? The night before you think you might want a sandwich, just take a stick of soft butter out of the refrigerator and leave it on the kitchen counter. Overnight, our soft butter technologies go to work. By morning, as if by magic. That stick of soft butter will be soft enough to spread on your sandwich bread as easily as milk spills across the kitchen floor. Accept no substitutes. Try soft butter in sticks or chunks today. Soft butter. It's yellow.
Scott, yeah. if that is your real name, yeah. you had an interesting Christmas when you were 15, didn't you? Yes, <laughs> I did. I was a, I was in the uh, a school play, and I had to grow my hair long. I was Friar Francis and much ado about nothing. And my mother was upset because I kept telling her I needed to keep growing my hair. And she said, well, is that really necessary and all this stuff? And I took great pride in saying, well, it's part of my school. It's part of the curriculum. It's my part, you know. And she said, all right, right. We had words a couple times about my haircut. And then there were some other issues that came up, I'm sure, um, that were contributing factors. There was this tension that had built up basically between Thanksgiving and Christmas at our house. And I had a younger brother who was a year behind me in high school, and I'm sure he was on her nerves for reasons other than the ones that I was on her nerves for. But anyway, we were kind of, as she would say, pills. And uh, Christmas vacation started, and we were around the house, and neither of us skied. All our friends were skiing, but we didn't ski. So we were really around the house all the time. And little things kind of led to other things, and I kept growing my hair, and she kept suggesting I get it cut. Well, I, it's, I'm sure we had, um, there were girl, there was a girl situation that was, well, I was interested in a girl, and my dad wanted to have the talk, and I didn't want to have the talk with my dad about that. <laughs> there was just a kind of a continually increasing curtain between my parents and myself. But it was festive because it was Christmas. Because my mother was one of those mothers that went all out for Christmas. She started baking and freezing stuff well in advance and uh, decorating, of course, and uh, kind of going overboard. When we were in high school, you know, the whole idea of Christmas was kind of suspect in a sense. So anyway, in hindsight, I realized I might have been a little bit difficult to be around as a teenager who was in love and had long hair. So we had this uh, tradition in our family of on Christmas Eve, the stockings were hung. They'd been hanging up for a week or more, and we would take turns. The parents and the kids would take turns filling each other's stockings. We would discreetly leave the room. And... Uh, Everybody knew what was going on, and that was fine. And we had this tradition of having, you could open one gift from the tree on Christmas Eve and one gift from your stocking on Christmas Eve, but that was it. And my mother had always had this tradition of putting an, a tangerine in the bottom of each kid's stocking. So it would be the last thing that you would reach into and get out on Christmas morning. So... On this particular Christmas Eve, we all opened a present from the tree, and we all opened a present from the stocking, and we all went to bed. And the next morning, we come down, and the stockings are all there, and they're all stuffed because Mother had come down in the night and filled them even fuller than they were. And uh, so we would take turns, and we had this little uh, ritual that after a certain number of gifts were opened, we would have breakfast. We'd interrupt the gift putting for this sausage fondue breakfast. It was always the same thing with green olives and, and sausage, and it was uh, what we did. This one particular Christmas morning, I was opening my stocking, and I had a couple of large things in there that took up a lot of room. And as I took them out, the stocking appeared to get emptier 
faster than normal. Usually they were full of little stuff like rings or watches or rolled up socks or whatever. And this, this time I had mostly an empty stocking after taking out two bigger things. So I'm patiently waiting for everybody else to get to the point where I am in my stocking because I'm trying to be fair. And my mother says, oh, go ahead. It's your turn, Scotty. And so I reach in there, and there's only one thing left. And I reach in, and, I, and it's at the bottom, and I pull out, and it was an onion, not an orange. And I, I know that I had sort of this horrified look on my face. And she said, well, you've been a pill. And I thought to myself, like, yeah, but it's Christmas. How bad could I have been? And uh, she said, well, what else is under the tree, boys? And that was, you know, that was how we left it. Here we go, folks. It's time for your weekly update on Fred and Margaret. You remember them, because of course you've been coming to church every Sunday morning. Either that or you've been listening to men in charge every Sunday evening. I mean, not that they're the same thing. <laughs> not at all. Me, I'm more on the Sunday church end of things. I'm St. Peter. Well, for those of you who have been neglecting your Sunday duties... Here's the story on Fred and Margaret. Oh, what can I say about Fred and Margaret? They're a couple of RV owners who have been punished for their gas-guzzling ways. God decreed a fatal crash, and now Fred and Margaret have to return to Earth each day as angels and do good works. At night, they're required to camp around Satan's lake of fire. At first, God granted them a huge Dynamax RV, but then he heard what the mileage was on those land yachts. These days, Fred and Margaret have been downsized to an electric car, a Mazda MX-30. Today, I need to check in on them and see just how they're doing with this new vehicle. Fred, Fred, I just can't get comfortable. Margaret, we spend our nights in hell. We're not supposed to be comfortable. But I liked the Dynamax. You have to admit the mileage was terrible, and that's what got us into trouble in the first place. I just don't care what the mileage was. <sighs> Margaret, you never know when they might be listening in. And besides, we're supposed to be atoning for our misuse of fossil fuels. If God didn't want us to burn fossil fuels, then why did he make gas stations? Margaret? Fred, my legs are cramped. My neck is stiff. I'm tired of driving such a little car. And Bitsy hates the back seat. I have to admit that a subcompact and a flatulent shih tzu don't mix. I tell you what. There's an ice cream shop. Where? There, right there on the corner. Right next to Beelzebub's used RVs? Jeez, Margaret, I don't like the looks of this. Oh, Fred, don't be such a pickle. I'll drop you off. You get a couple of cones while I... While I, uh, check the tires. The tires? Or the wheels. Just get out, Fred. 
Welcome. Welcome to Beelzebub's used RVs. How can I help you today? Oh, I'm just looking at all these beautiful RVs. You know, gosh, I feel like I've met you before. If it weren't for that big mustache... Oh, that. I I glued that on hours ago. She's usually so friendly. Bitsy. Maybe Bitsy will feel better if you step inside this holiday rambler. Oh, we really shouldn't. Oh, but maybe you should. As the manufacturer says, it's a perfect RV chariot for a lifetime of true adventure. Oh, I don't know. Maybe a little peek. Go ahead and take a look at those fine faux finishes. I can guarantee that your life will never be the same. You could trade in that subcompact you're driving. There's no sin in a little luxury, is there? But the gas mileage, I don't know. Aren't we past that now? The gas mileage thing? I mean, who really cares? I care. Fred, what are you doing here? And those ice cream cones are all melted. Margaret, forget about the ice cream. It was a trick, and I'm throwing it out. Just... Just get away from the holiday rambler. That big tin can is worse than a lemon. It's it's a tool of Satan. Satan? Take a look at that fake mustache. Ow! You tore off my mustache, you fool. I'm going to be getting a rash on my upper lip. I'm not sorry. Not one bit. You were trying to fool, Margaret. It wasn't that hard. Hey! Come on, Margaret. Let's get back in the Mazda. Here, Fred, give me his nasty old fake mustache, and I'll throw that out, too. Wow! Would you look at that? It's growing a tail and little ears. It's crawling up my arm. A gerbil with red eyes and little horns? He's not just any gerbil. It's my gerbil. Because Margaret has stepped inside one of the Beelzebub RVs, she will have to suffer my little pet riding along <laughs> on her shoulder. I only took one step inside. Just think what I could have done if you had looked in the kitchen. Ah, well, another time. Over my dead body. Precisely. Let's go, Margaret. I think it's time for another good deed. I think I'll call him Mr. Cuddles. Well, folks, that was a near miss. My usual St. Peter's report to the Lord is going to have some explaining to do. The ice cream, holiday rambler, the demon gerbil. Margaret has a lot to answer for. Don't even get me started on the Mr. Cuddles business. God is especially not going to like that. Well, till next week then. And I will be seeing you next week, won't I? Tony, uh, we're at the end of getting back to the entrails, and so the trail has led us back to slightly below the heart of the matter, our cast. 
Let's thank them. Ann Porter, Nisha Schramm, Tony Flynn, Kevin Decker, Scott Herrick, Nancy Roth, and Jody Stewart-Strobel. The writers this time were Ann Porter and Tony Flynn and Scott because he had those experiences. We'd also like to thank The Bad Plus for our theme music, Seven Minute Mind, as well as the four people whose numbers are crumbling, Carrie Boyce, Vern Windham, Nisha Schramm, Nancy Roth, Savannah Esty, and the man who controls a vast army of spiders that he will soon unleash upon the world if we don't straighten up pretty fast, Brian Lindsay.